and we're on. Thank you, sir. Evan Carmichael here, the man, the myth, the legend. Some have uh, referred to you as the motivational DJ. I love that. So you're like the curator of amazing, uplifting content. And uh, I want to make a joke. I don't know how it's going to land, but I'm not a comedian. But uh, I've spent more time with Evan Carmichael in the shower than probably any other. Wow. There we go. All right. Speaker, I know it's like, boom. Is that part of your routine? Started. Then you, but you it shower is true, and watch a video. Yes, sir. I like it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I could listen to you know Drake or Pitbull, but why not listen to uh, curated content with some of the greats? And uh, and that's how I discovered you, and that's why we reached out to you. It's like, who is this guy, Evan Carmichael? He's got a book coming out, and it's just you know uh, there was curiosity at first, and I assumed like many Canadians, that when someone's out there and gregarious and doing amazing things, they must be American. And then I discovered you're from Toronto. And I'm like, okay, I'd love to do a deep dive. You think I'm I'm gregarious? That's amazing. I've never been called that ever. I'm I'm shy, introverted, who (laughs) wants to serve. But gregarious is is a new adjective. So, wow. All right. Cool. <laughs> you're out there, man. You're out there. And, and uh, it's super exciting to see other Canadians just killing it out there. And um, yeah, I mean, where where did it start? And I want to just, you know, what's the origin story? I've, I've heard it, but I'd, I'd love to hear it here uh, for our listeners. And why do you do what you do? Yeah, I think ultimately your purpose comes from your pain, right? So whatever you struggled the most with as a human is what you want to help other people through. And I struggled so much as an entrepreneur and trying to build my business and made it really hard on myself, isolated alone, was too embarrassed to tell my friends I wasn't making money. And uh, I quit on my business partner for a day uh, because I just (laughs) was tired of feeling useless. And even your story in the shower is, it it lands because that's why I do what I do, you know, because I I need it myself, you know. I still need it myself, Sergio. When I I wake up and I want to be around Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and all the people that I profile. Because I think as an entrepreneur, no matter how great a day you had yesterday, you wake up and it's like you're starting over. <laughs> and so like, how do I have that consistency to have the people kind of pull me up to be better, to think bigger, um, to exercise my courage muscle? And I, I wanted to create some videos where people could consume them in the shower, you know, or in the car or over breakfast because for me, I would watch I would watch an Elon Musk, you know, four hour video or news conference or just there's a lot of stuff there that just wasn't not helpful for me. I mean, one, people didn't ask him questions that I personally cared about. And two, maybe you, he's not the greatest speaker. And so it's like, I wish somebody just took all the best parts, <laughs> at least for entrepreneurs, and, and just squished them together into one video. And uh, that's that's why I ended up doing, you know, you see a problem and you solve the problem. And it's, it's a blessing to know how many people that it's had an impact on. And, and that was the intent. It's like, hey, make this a part of your daily routine. And it'll start to shift how you think and change your life. It's incredible. And you have made a huge difference in, in sharing the information. And, and that's the, the real gift. You know, when I sort of embarked on this journey in my 20s, I was completely lost. There was, it, this is pre-internet. You know, so I had cassette tapes that I was desperately seeking and you know our local library thankfully had them but you know it's uh now we're in the information age the information is out there so it's it's almost like there's less excuses now you know yeah i think i think the great thing is you know you're a product of your environment and if you were to do something 
like start a business. I'm 42 years old. So, you know, similar pre-internet at the beginning. And unless you had somebody who was in your family or in your community who was doing something different, you, you would just kind of follow the same path of what everybody else did. Uh, or you'd have to move to some big city where there are more options. Um, you don't have to now. You know, now whatever you want to do, whatever you want to learn, there's somebody out there who's doing it and who's probably making content showcasing how they're doing it so that you can learn how to do it as well. Uh, whatever you're into. You know, for me, I, I like um, obviously entrepreneurship, but also uh, salsa dancing. We own the largest salsa dance school I heard. in Canada. Um, League of Legends, Minecraft with my son. Uh, my niece, for example, is really into uh, specific anime. And we're looking at taking her to an anime convention or anime show. And it's not in Toronto uh, or my home. It's in L.A. But the, the, like, the fact that those people are coming together, you know, that all these people who care about the same thing as you can find a home together either in person or online through different communities and groups. And you can, you can feel normal. You can feel accepted. And you're around people who are also trying to chase down their dreams if you're, you know, more entrepreneurial minded. Um, the more you're around people who think the way you want to think, the more you will start to think that way too. Like if you want to run and you join a running club, you're going to run more often, you're going to run faster, you're going to start to run better. If you want to write a book and you join a writing club, you think if you want to write a book, most people around you, you probably don't know somebody who's written a book. And if you have, they probably haven't sold a lot of books. So who do you share your author dreams with? Or your, I want to start a podcast dreams with? Like there's probably nobody. Maybe they understand, they, they'll listen, but they don't really understand or know what to do. But if you're around other people who are writing books or starting podcasts or creating YouTube channels, you're just more likely to follow through because it's in your environment and you believe that it's possible. And, and now it's, it's easy to find community and it's only getting easier to find community um, and specific to what exactly you care about, where it used to be a lot harder. Um, but people still, you still have to do the work. You still have to do the outreach. You still got to find those groups. And even for somebody who's introverted and shy like me. That's why I was, I was kind of laughing inside. Did you call me gregarious? Cause no, <laughs> nobody's well, called me that I think ever in my life. Uh, the marketing does the work for we'll, you. Man. We'll take it. You built but the I brand. It's take also it. the, like it, um, I want to serve. I want to help. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that gives me the courage to, to say yes. So people, when they look at me, wouldn't think I'm introverted and shy. You know, how do you get up on stage and how do you do these interviews? And, well, I didn't, I don't, I don't want to, it's not, um, it doesn't fuel me. It's more that this could help somebody. And I really battled with that surgery for a while. Of like, I want to help people, but my story is not good enough or who me talking about my story is so egotistical. Like the fact you, you led with, well, why do you do what you do? What's the origin story? It's like, I don't know. Why would people want to hear my story? You know, I'm profiling Steve Jobs and Oprah Winfrey. This is like the first <laughs> five years of me getting this going was that was the voice in my head. It's like, well, my story doesn't matter. Um, I'd just rather share other people's stories. Um, but I realized that, no, in telling your story, it's not about you. It's about who you can help through your story. Right. Because they might connect to me in a way that they can't connect to somebody else. Um, so that's a lot of unwinding, a lot of overcoming living beliefs. And, you know, it's a, it's a, I'm, still a, I'm still a work in progress, man. We're, but we're hopefully making things happen. Yeah. And, and on that, I mean, you, you mentioned limiting beliefs. And that's something that we all struggle with. How important are daily rituals 
Um, and, you know, I met somebody at the University of Texas recently, John Mitchell, and he talks about how 95% of our daily actions are run by our unconscious mind. So that means only 5% of our brain is actually running intentions, not even actions. It's like, so we're wired. We come into this world and, and some of it is innate, I guess, and some of it is learned. So to overcome those limiting beliefs, what have you done personally and what have you learned from your mentors that you can share? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think you are what you consistently do. You know, that's been proven out. Like whatever you consistently do, that's what you become. Uh, the, the problem, as to your point, is we just, we're not in conscious control of what we consistently do. And we're not in conscious control Hence of what we consistently do. the Dorito bag behind you? Yeah, that, well, that's a whole other story of like <laughs> why I have Doritos behind me. Um, people keep asking me, does Doritos sponsor you? But now I have a very specific strategy around that, that uh, Doritos would never want to sponsor me if they knew why I had it there. Um, but yeah, we're just not in conscious control most of the time. And we're not doing actions with intention most of the time because our subconscious takes over. Um, I did a one-on-one -on -one with Gary V's life coach and we made it into a video on my channel. Her name was Beth Handel. And she was talking about how most of the thoughts that you have are negative. Like most of the thoughts that we have are negative. And over 90% of the negative thoughts we have are the same negative thoughts we had yesterday. <laughs> it's so it's not only that most of our thoughts are negative, it's, it's the same crap we're telling ourselves every day. Right. Uh, which, is, which, which sucks, but it's also, that is interesting because it, it allows you to fix it. You know, if it was a different negative thought every day, it's actually a lot harder to fix versus if it's the same negative thought every day, if you can identify what triggers you, it's easier to go off and fix. So uh, I am all about creating habits and routines um, I think the challenge inside that is we still will play small most of the time by default. And so what I've come up with is what I call play bigger triggers. Mm -hmm. And that's what you can uh, put into your environment or even the words that you say that remind you to play bigger. So like the Doritos bag is a play bigger trigger for me. It's like, it's a reminder that I want to eat that bag right now. I look at it. It's like, <laughs> it looks delicious. This is a giant bag too. Like it looks wow. small, but this is, this is, this is the, wow. this is the full on like giant Doritos bag. And I have it back there as a reminder that I'm stronger than the Doritos. I look at that and it's a reminder that the Doritos doesn't own me. I own the Doritos and it's, right. it's silly or crazy or whatever that sounds. It, it works for me. I walk in here and I feel better about myself looking at the bag of Doritos that I am not opening it. Um, I play bigger trigger words. Uh, my three are scary, difficult, or hard. So if I say those things, write those things, text those things, if, if, we, if you ask me a question and I said, well, that's scary, like, oh. like the fact that I said it means now I have to go do the thing just because, because those are, those are my words. And so if you think about whatever you want to do and for the audience, whatever, you, whatever big goal is in your mind, whatever you want to work on, whatever you want to accomplish, and then that voice pops into your head that says that you can't do it. Well, why? Why can't you do it? What's, what's, the, what's the reason? Because chances are that reason is popping up again and again and again and again and again and again. 90 plus percent of our negative thoughts are the same negative thoughts as yesterday. So that's your story. Cool. If you can identify what that is, then the next time it comes up, it forces you into action mode. Like the fact that you said it was scary, now you have to go off and do it just because. Right. And so th those are some of the hacks. Um, I still think I live small by default. I think, I think humans are wired. Like our brain is designed to keep us safe, not to go and create something new. Creating something new is very scary. You know, we're not designed to do that. We're designed to stay safe. And so you have to force yourself out. And those are some of the hacks to help do it. Yeah. And, and people like uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, who brilliantly shares the, the idea that on the other side of 
safe and, 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 you know, when you've overcome that fear, when you enter the world of the unknown, that's where the magic happens. And, uh, you know, for me as a film director, it's, it's like Scorsese said, the hardest part is getting out of the car, you know, like every morning on set, it's like stepping out that that's the moment, you know, overcoming those little voices in your head that say, why am you know, I'm not worthy. And, oh my God, it's so-and-so that I'm working with or whatever. It's, uh, you know, but then going back to the daily actions, what are some of the, um, like, give me a typical day for you. Like you wake up and, and I also learned that, um, you know, you have CEO Fridays, which is incredibly important, like days where, and talk about that because the industrial revolution has, has taught us to work hard and grind and work, you know, 16 hours a day and all the time. And for a creative person, do you find that, that like on a Friday going for a walk in the woods is as productive as, you know, having a board meeting with your staff? Yeah. So, so I think it's important to have a morning routine um, and I can share what I do, but it's, it's not as relevant to like, what's the point of a morning routine? The, the point of a morning routine is to get a feeling, you know, it's like I'm ready for the day and whether it takes you five minutes or an hour or however long it takes you, the point is to get ready for the day. So if, if your routine, Sergio, is I'm going to wake up, I'm going to have a shower and listen to Evan Carmichael. <laughs> cool. I mean, it's an honor. I hope I, hope I uh, don't disappoint in the, you know, tomorrow or in the next session. But like whatever makes you feel more bold and courageous and alive, that's what you want to put into your morning routine to do on a daily basis. Whether it's watch a video, get some sun, put on some music, meditate, like whatever the thing is that gets you going, do that with intention in your morning routine. Um, so that'll do almost every day. Mm-hmm. But from there, I have different days for different things. And I, it took me a long time to realize a couple things that one, being in the same energy zone really, really matters. So for me, being an introvert and shy, doing something like this takes, it's not normal for me. It takes effort to, to kind of get ready for it. And so what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I just finished other training. I'll train my community on a Thursday morning. So I start with my community. People I know, friendly faces, you know, yeah. uh, and connect with them and have a great session. And then we're filming this on a Thursday. Thursday is my public facing day. And then I'm doing your show and then another show and then another show. And it's just like all day, 25 minutes on, five minute break, 25 minutes on, five minute break. And it's so much easier to go because I'm carrying the same energy forward. Like the energy I'm bringing here is because I just finished with my, my own community. And then where I'm going next, I'm taking my community plus Sergio into the next person i'm talking to and so it's so much easier to get to keep that momentum going than to get it started where what most people do is they'll start something and then do one interview and then go to writing the book and then go to answering emails and then go to mentoring team or we're just switching too much between tasks and i'm not even talking about multitasking right it's monotasking one task at a time but there's heavy switching costs to go from one task to the next if i'm writing the book it might take me 40 minutes to, to remember where I left off if it was last week before I even start creating anything new that's any good. And so if you only have an hour writing session, then you've only got you know, 20 minutes of any content going down. So the more you can stay in an, in an energy zone, the easier it is. Um, that took me a while to get. The other one was creativity is not productive. And so I have creative days and I have productive days. And I don't judge myself for my productive days not being creative and my creative days not being productive. And it's especially that second one. If you're creating anything, uh, we want it to be great and we want to have output. We want to show at the end of the day, here's what I made today, right? It's easy for me to say, well, I did 12 podcasts today. Cool, that's productive. But what did I make? You know, and when I'm making something new or I'm brainstorming a new video idea 
and I'm walking in the woods, you know, like I may come up with nothing, you know, maybe it didn't hit me. And I spent four hours wasting my time. Right. But creativity is messy. Sure is. It doesn't make sense. It's not productive at the beginning and you can't, you can't prematurely optimize that stuff. And so you need to have, I think, and, and of one, like one example, uh, I like having time in my calendar for both. I think if you're only creative and not productive, you never make anything. You just like starting a whole bunch of projects and nothing ends up coming out. And if you're only productive, but you're not creative, you hate your life because yeah. you just feel like a robot showing up and grinding stuff out and, hey, you got the accolades, but you, you're never exercising any creativity. So different days for different things. And that's a reflection of what, like, what leads to a happy life for you. And then happiness will come from the habits, which come from what goes into your calendar. So for me, Monday is my mentoring day. We've got 40 people on my team and I spend the day mentoring them. That's all I have to worry about. Tuesday is my YouTube day. and I'm filming content, strategizing a channel. All I have to worry about is, is YouTube. Wednesday's my, um, my project day. And it's like, what do I want to work on? Open. The whole day's open. What do I want to work wow. on? Wow. And I have my list of ideas and to-dos. I'm like, okay, pick one. Pick the one you like the most, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Third, Thursdays is public-facing day, so interviews like this. And, I, and Thursdays are crazy busy. Tuesdays are crazy busy. Mondays are crazy busy. Like Wednesday in the middle of the week is open. Yesterday was refreshing. It was totally, what do I want to work on? I worked on my new book. But next week might be something completely different. Uh, and then Friday is CEO day where it's working not on the business, uh, not in the business, but on the business. And if, if there's entrepreneurs, you know, listening, having CEO time planning your calendar really makes a difference. And, and I started off just having an hour a week of CEO time and I slowly added it more and more and more to make it a full day on Fridays. Um, and what do I do on CEO day? Like, it doesn't matter what I do. It's more like if you were going to be the CEO of your business, if you're going to treat this like you're not... As an entrepreneur, you're the janitor to the CEO, right? You're doing everything. But that's the truth. If you're gonna if you're gonna put your CEO hat on, what would that look like for your business today? And then go do that stuff. Or or for the hour or for the two hours or how much time you have. And then weekend will be similar, like Saturday's fun day, uh, doing stuff with family, wife, new restaurant, drive-in theater, festival, whatever. And then Sunday is the family admin day. Costco and cleaning up and I mean, we're still in boxes. I just moved to my new place and figuring out the new bed frame and yeah. getting the water heater system work, like all the, all the stuff that you have to do to run your life, but try not to let them bleed because you know, how often does a weekend come by and you're just doing errands and chores and then the weekend's gone and now you're back to the week. Like, no, 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 protect, protect the Saturday. Saturday is the fun day and Sunday is the family admin day. And the whole point of having those rules and boundaries is to help you live a better life so that you're not just constantly reacting to the things that are around you because everybody has an agenda for your time. Everybody wants you to do something. And it's not until you put the gates up and say, here's how I'm going to spend today that you can actually start to live a much more intentional life. That's beautiful. And, and you know, that sort of ties into this, this idea of harmony and having all the elements in the life wheel sort of in check. And uh, I really love that. It's it's like compartmentalizing, but also creating space where that creativity, the entrepreneurship, all these things, the family man, all that can show up at the highest level. And that's super intentional. I love that. And, you know, I want to ask you as a Canadian, because I, I was surprised that you're Canadian, to be honest, because I've sort of... Oh, spe- Canadian. I thought you said comedian. And like, I'm not a comedian, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you're gregarious and funny. Wow. Like, this is the ultimate show here with Sergio. Yeah, yeah okay. man. 
Canadian, um, got it. Yeah, I'm with no, you. No, but I, I've I've been exposed to to your world in in uh, you know personal development, public speaking, influencers. Uh, I'm interested. I, I you know it's it's uh, I think there's a lot of parallels, and I'm trying to bridge the gap between creative sectors and in that world. And I was surprised to learn that you were Canadian, and that's my own bias about how I define something that it, it oftentimes is not definable. What does it mean to be Canadian? It's not a tangible thing. We're like a lot of many things. And uh, I think that's just the consequence of being a young country. But how does a Canadian boy from Toronto with these limiting beliefs and, and you know, I've heard your, your story and it's very inspiring. How do you go from that to, you know, entering a world stage with the biggest speakers in the world, like Les Brown and Tony Robbins and all these, all these superstars. Um, who was that mentor or somebody that chaperoned or opened that door for you? You know, one brick at a time. And, and honestly, a lot slower than it could have been because at the beginning, I was too afraid to ask for help. And I didn't know what a mentor, mentor was not even a word. I mean, I, you know, it was a word, but nobody <laughs> talked about it right. when I was getting started. In you my didn't first learn business that in school, man? Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they didn't connect you with the ultimate mentors from industry. No. Um, although I, I did connect with a teacher who made a huge difference in my, in my life, Madame Farr, who I guess was a mentor early on. Um, but I post on my on my website where I am year by year in terms of YouTube growth. And you can see first year, 25 subscribers, second year. It's like by year five, I still have 2,000 subscribers or something. Like it's not, it's not it's a lot. It, it took me a long time to get going. And most of that was me being in my own head and overjudging, overcriticizing, like getting ready to get ready instead of actually just doing the thing. Um, and so I think, I think it can be a lot faster for most people now. I was, I was just too afraid to ask for help. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to ask for help. My first business, I went to the bank. I'm 19 years old. I walk into the bank, um, TD Bank here in, in Toronto. <laughs> and that's where I did my banking. And uh, I said, okay, I started my business. How can you help? <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? And, and they're like, uh, do you need a loan? They're like, um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I just started. You guys help businesses, right? Get them get started. So what do, what do I need to do? I don't know if I need a loan. It's like, well, no, we, we just, we give loans to people, but you need three years of history before we'll give your business a loan. So we can give you a loan personally if you have good credit. It's like, oh, I don't know. I'm 19. Do it. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> What's you know, credit? It's just, just, yeah, credit, personal credit. I haven't had a business in, for three years. I just started. So I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know, I didn't know what I could learn. I didn't, I mean, I just felt embarrassed after that conversation. <laughs> uh, but now whatever you want to learn, there's people making content. There's your show here. There's tons of, you know, shows and podcasts or books. And I want to, I want to get that out to the world. You know, I want, my great passion is trying to find people who have a fantastic message and get it out to the world because there's a lot of 19 year old Evans out there who they need your advice and they need your support and they need your guidance. If you have the courage and willingness to just share your story. So it took me a long time, but it doesn't have to take you or it doesn't have to take the audience a long time to get there as well. Um, if you just reach out and say yes and keep going. Well, you went, yeah, you went for 5,000 to over 3 million. Um, and you know, this is music to my ears because my nine year old loves YouTube. He's on it all the time. And he has this, this false belief that you just create great content and people will find it, but there's obviously strategy behind it. And I think you met someone named Steve, who works with Grant Cardone and others who kind of helped you scale and kind of uh, explode your business on that end. So uh, do you think having mentors is, is imperative? 
to scaling. It definitely helps. You know, I think the only thing that's imperative is that you're, you're doing the thing that you love. Uh, everything else definitely helps. You know, like I've never seen people really win. If I look at studies, the people who have studied the number one rules of success is you have to love the thing that you're doing. If you're starting a podcast, you better love talking to people and doing interviews, right? Otherwise, don't, don't do a podcast hard enough. Like the art becomes so hard that it, it just doesn't make sense unless you love the thing that the reward is in the art as opposed to just the accolades at the end of the art. Um, and everything else can help. Mentors definitely helped. If, if for someone like me, definitely, definitely helped. And it, it probably could help a lot of people too. But the only imperative I'd say is that you are doing something that you actually lo- love doing. That's great advice, man. I want to wish you much success with your new book, Built to Serve. It uh, is totally on brand. And, and after speaking to you and getting to know you, it, uh, the title reflects, I think, who you are as a person. So I, I wish you much success with that. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. I got to keep uh, consuming that content. Thanks, Sergio. I'll see you tomorrow in your shower. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You'll never forget that one. All right, Take brother. Care. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks you, for everything that you do. And it's been a pleasure, man. Much love, man.